Hey, everybody. Today's episode is brought to you by Captain Morgan, the official captain of Against All Odds. We're raising our glasses of Captain Morgan and Ginger to all you captains out there. Whether you're a tugboat captain, captain of your intramural dodgeball team, or just live to have fun, you're all captains in our book. No matter how you choose to live like a captain, Captain Morgan reminds you to please drink responsibly. Captain's orders. And now, the Mighty Mighty Boston's. All right, welcome to Against All Odds, part of the Ringer Podcast Network. We're talking gambling. We're in the thick of it now. Lots going on. Tate Frazier in the studio. What's going on, Tate? How's it going, Sal? Excited. We got a lot to talk about. A lot to talk about. Let's talk about your new podcast, One Shining Podcast. I got that right, right? You did. That's the name. We changed it. One Shining Podcast. Uh, We did a podcast late last night. I'm a little tired today, but uh, a lot of college basketball. Grayson Allen had 37 points, so it's a really bad day for me. Uh, and, and even worse, because Cameron Johnson torn ACL. Is he out for torn the, meniscus. Tar Heels? Yeah, yeah. He, had a, he had surgery tonight, but the Tar Heels are beating Bucknell pretty well. So. And oh, Joel, okay. Barry, Joel Barry came back, so most outstanding player from the Final Four oh, return. Awesome. That's your boy. That's yep. your boy. All right. Well, we have a special guest oh. later on, R.J. Bell. He's the CEO and founder of Pregame.com. And, you know, I've been losing, so he's going he's gonna to tweak me a little. I need, I need a little... Advice. I need some help. I need to go back to boot camp, figure it out. RJ's the foremost authority on sports gambling. But before that, we're going to cover some NFL, some NCAA props listed by Bovada.lv. We're going to set sail on Captain Morgan's Riverboat Casino. And then we'll get best bets from my old pals. Let's bring them on now. My wizards of wagering, my gurus of gambling, my barons of betting, my overlords of the odds. The degenerate trifecta is here. What's happening, fellas? What's going on, Sal? What's, up? what's going on, buddy? Well, see, I think we're ice cold. I don't know what's going on. I don't, I don't remember being <laughs> this this cold. Harry is the only one of us four who uh, actually he pushed last week. Harry, who did you have with your best bet? Iowa State? At Iowa State plus the seven, that was a bullshit push, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> that game went exactly like I thought. There'd be 170 points scored and something stupid would, would happen at the end. Uh, and you were up. I don't know, you were bragging. Were they up 14 nothing or 17 Yeah, I was bragging up 14 nothing, And then they were up, uh, you know, with 11 minutes ago, they're up four, getting getting seven. So tough, lo- tough, tough push. Yeah. Tough push. And even better than I'll, that. I'll say this, though. Yeah. I'll say this, though, Sal. Uh-huh. That, that is three weeks in a row where you can say that I was you weren't losing with my pick at all at any part of the game by the spread. Okay. Push is, is still not a lot. All right. All right. All right. I'll say that. Right. Yeah, that's good. Fit that in a tweet. You're, you're, by the way, your Twitter handle, I, and I, 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 was, I, I didn't like this idea. And I, and I was like, oh, he's getting hot with the bets. He probably should promote them. Harry has a, a Twitter. He's, he's finally on Twitter. And, uh, and, of course, he immediately gets hacked. No one knows how it happened. The hack, the, the tweet uh, spoke about Harry and Tate's relationship. Uh, someone, someone, it was taken down immediately. But Harry, how was this happen? I'm on Twitter nine years. I've never, that's never happened. You're on for like a week and a half and already nonsense. Uh, I have no Kate, how did people find out? That's my Harry, question. How'd they Harry, know find out about password? it? <laughs> yeah, are you giving your password out? <laughs> that's how they find uh, out. Not, no, not really. It's definitely Daunty really. one, one, two, three. <laughs> I have a feeling it has something to do with the fact that you have 13 phones and uh, you, you're not keeping an eye on, on all of them at all times. Could that Actually, be it? Actually, I don't have Twitter on my phone at all. Okay. <laughs> Only well, on my computer. Well, the, so. the mystery continues. <laughs> Uh, and the, right. the funny thing is, Harry, but back to the plus seven, you took it plus seven on the podcast. You gave it out Wednesday night, and then you made like a dozen uh, $10 parlays with uh, plus six and plus six and a half. That you, so you lost all of them, <laughs> right? Come on. Come on. They were, they were 12. They were $12 parlays. $12 parlays. All right. All right. <laughs> Brother Bry, uh, you gave out what maybe was the worst – Two-team money line parlay in uh, in the history of, of gambling. You had Georgia over Auburn and Notre Dame over Miami. Outscored eighty-one to twenty-five. <laughs> uh, it, it couldn't have been worse. Could it have? Like I, immediately, 
it was seven nothing Georgia. I'm kind of in my house celebrating by myself that like this this looks like it's going well. <laughs> and I was like for the next seven or eight hours, I was like moping around the house. I couldn't talk to anyone the rest of the day. I was so upset. Like how how off it it's one thing to lose, but to be that off on two games was yeah. just so upsetting to me. It's rough, and we're going to get into the college football uh, playoff picture. Everyone's got odds now whether they can make it or not in the uh, top four. And uh, Darren Parlay kid. You took a nice. I went with you. You took a, a money line parlay for the most part with pros. Um, they won, and I think you added Buffalo to the mix, right? A lot of people lost with the Bills. That's yeah, that's right, Sal. I hit uh, five out of six on the parlay, mm-hmm. uh, but the Bills getting three. It wasn't even close. Um, now Tyrod Taylor's out of a job, I guess, and yeah, uh, rightfully so. Um, I did get a few people on Twitter that said they actually just didn't take the bills, but took the rest of my parlay well, and won. Good. All right, happy for those people. So that's a plus. But in, in, in my world, another loss for me. Well, and you All know, right, so and we love the <laughs> we love the money line parlays. And and over the last four weeks, I think it is Brian that the yeah, the seven plus point favorites haven't lost on the field but once. Seattle over Washington. It was the only one in the last. Yeah, yeah, right. the, Four weeks at that time. The only happened. one we had, right? The, the only, only one. one we had. Right. I mean, Jesus. And we can't. We had can't that go one forward. all over the place. Yeah. All right. Well, let's look. Let's look ahead. Let's look into uh, week eleven odds. And Bovada.lv has these specials. A lot of fun things. Props having to do with week eleven. Having to do with the rest of the season. Uh, if you, if you're having trouble picking the spread, or the over under, Bovada.lv is there for you. Parley kid, let's talk about our Cowboys. How many sacks will they allow this week? Last week it was eight. The over-under this week is two and a half, uh, home against the Eagles Sunday night. Obviously, Tyron Smith is a is a huge factor in this. I don't think he yeah. practiced today. Did he practice? They said he was uh, did some light running on the field, mm-hmm. uh, but didn't actually practice. So I guess there is some uh, headway. And let's face it, he doesn't have to practice all week. Yeah, uh, He could just show up that day, and he's going to be much better uh, than anybody they have. Providing he's at least fifty percent, you could say. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, it was a disastrous mess last week with Chaz Green oh. and, and uh, you know, and the fact that like at halftime, uh, the clapper, right, Tate, the clapper yeah. you can't figure this out. It just it just adds to. He was to way too happy as it was happening too. Yeah, he, he seems very unaffected. Well. Uh, he never knows how to yeah. react to any of this stuff. That, that's what, that's really the beauty. That's the beauty of him. So, were you going over or under, Darren? Uh, I really wrestled with this because normally I like my teams and expect my teams to bounce back after a terrible week, right? Mm-hmm. But, you know, the Cowboys overall style nine games this year have only given up 18 sacks, and eight of them were in the last game. So they literally almost doubled in one game the output. That's how bad it was. And you and I have said this for a long time. This is all about coaching. Mm-hmm. Uh, when the Cowboys have injuries, they don't adjust. They just don't change they don't change the game plan. They don't adjust. The Eagles have had injuries. They've adjusted to their injuries. They've done a much better job. So I'm going to go over here two and a half. Um, I think they're going to make a concerted effort to uh, to really block, uh, you know, help that left side, the, the blind side out a little bit better. Mm-hmm. But if the Cowboys fall behind in this game at any point and they have to go to the air more, they're going to get be in trouble. And I feel like they're going to fall behind. Uh, I think the Eagles are going to feast, and you know, Sal, this is uh, the Cowboys have always had a trouble mm-hmm. defending that Eagles pass rush. Yep. Always, yeah. So um, I think the Eagles are always good for at least three sacks against the Cowboys. I'm going to say this is over easy. Yeah, I'm over with you. I'm with minus you. One. I'll go over minus one forty over two and a half. It's really it's all about Tyron Smith, and I don't I don't get the sense that he's even if he plays 70%. So um, that's going to yeah. be another messy situation. I say they get sacked four times. Harry, talk to me about Nathan Peterman replacing Ty Taylor. I don't understand this Bills team. I really don't. It's such a head-scratcher. Four times this year I've thought they've tried to pack it up with their trades, with their decisions, and yet they're 5-4. and four. How does this work? And now they're taking Tyrod Taylor, a guy who went six before last game, went six out of seven games without throwing a pick. He's riding the bench. Nathan Peterman is in. Bovada.lv has the over-under one touchdown pass. I believe it's minus 110 either way. You going over or under? You know what? This fifth-round pick out of Pittsburgh, 
I'm going with the over. <laughs> I'm going over over one touchdown this week because first up, what a ballsy call by Sean McDermott. I mean, to to just throw this out there like that. I mean, Tyler Taylor's not putting up the numbers. It's a little down, but guy's got experience. Where this guy is just throwing this guy right in. I'll tell you what, parlay kid. Jason Garrett doesn't have a clue what balls look like. Wow, that oh. big. No <laughs> shot would he ever make a call like that on his own because he's not allowed to. So I'm going Pretty with sure the over. He did that last year, but okay. No, no, no. I'm rooting for. I'm rooting for this kid. I'm rooting for McDermott and this situation. And remember, he at Pittsburgh and two. He played two years at Pittsburgh. This kid had 47 touchdowns mm-hmm. yeah. and only 15 picks. And he well, was the quarterback last year on Pitt who beat Clemson as a 20-point underdog on the road and had 300 yards in that game, five touchdowns and no picks versus versus the number two-ranked Tigers at the time. Can I comment on that, Sam? Yeah, sure, go ahead. I I, I would just add this, and I said this to Brian the other day, when it comes to pit quarterbacks, okay, forget Dan Marino. The two that come to my mind are Savage and Tyler Palco, two of the worst NFL quarterbacks I've ever seen. So I'm not really sold just because he's a pit quarterback. Yeah, that uh, he's that but, good. But but make sure but make sure you throw out Marino. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's that's make that's sure you throw out Marino you know, on that. Forty years ago, but okay. Thirty-five years ago. All right. Listen, I think uh, we can go back and forth here, but I think I think one is about right. I think it's a good number. I'm going to go under though. I think. It, I think McCoy scores. Peterman goes 179 with one interception and one fumble. Bosa, Melvin Ingram, this Chris McKenna even has five sacks. That's a, that's a tough challenge. Uh, and, you know, it's weird that you got yeah. Anthony Lynn, the former assistant coach there. You'd think you, think you want to put your best foot forward and, and win in San Diego, make a statement. But this McDermott, it really is the Wild West with him. They're 5-0 and after trading Robert Woods and Sammy Watkins and Reggie Raglan and Marcel Darrett. It's like, I don't know what this team is doing. It seems like they're packing it in, and yet it's almost going to be impossible for them to not, not get the sixth seed. Let's move on to the NCAA. Uh, Brian, this is your territory here, or at least it was before your best bets uh, got outscored 81-25. <laughs> now, this is great, though. Bavada.lv has which teams, uh, the, the top teams to make the playoffs, to not make the playoffs. They went in order. If they have their way... Alabama, Clemson, wait, let me get this right. If they have their way, Alabama, Clemson, Oklahoma, and Miami are the final four. Is that right? Yeah, that's that's right. I think they gave out what the top, uh, I think they did like these yes-nos for like the top 12 teams. Yeah, right? that's right. I yeah. think on there. But yeah, those are the top four as of now. Okay. So but I, I was trying to think, if it, it, do you think it makes sense, some of these lines? I think some of these you'd probably just be better off betting one of these teams in, like, the championship game than maybe actually taking these odds. So one of the ones I like, so I like the um, – I know if we have Miami Hurricane fans, like, listening to this podcast, they are going to absolutely hate me because I've picked against them the last two weeks. And, and again, the one bet I like here is I like Miami not to make the, the playoff at plus 110. And the weird thing about that line is – it's yes is minus 140, no is plus 110. Like when they play Clemson in the championship game, Clemson's going to be like a five point favorite, right? In that game, I would so, think so. so I feel like Miami because that's that's in Charlotte. It'll probably be more of a homecoming home home game for mm-hmm. Clemson. So I feel like Miami's going to be like plus 160, plus 170 anyway in that game. So why would you take the no plus 110 unless you think two teams from the ACC? are going to make the playoff. But I just feel like the the winner of that game is in and the loser is out. Well, but that, I, that's why I like the plus 110, because I feel like I'd rather take Miami, no, not to make a plus 110, than betting on Clemson to beat them at, like, minus 180, 190 right. in that championship game. Does that yeah, make sense? You no, know, it makes sense. And I, I have a gigantic bet with Miami to not make the playoffs from the beginning of the season with not nearly as good odds as I'm staring at right now. But um, And I was thinking of hedging, but – What's what's weird? So the the question you ask, you know, all right, let's say they lose to Clemson, will a one loss Miami team make it over a two loss Ohio State team or a one loss Wisconsin team? Right. That's that's basically what it right, comes exactly. down to here. Yeah. And we know what what do you think, Tate? Ohio State gets the nod in that situation. They went out. They're ninth, right? Like in the rankings, they came out as ninth. Yeah, but you keep you keep reading yeah, that yeah, if they yeah, if they yeah, went out, it, it's theirs. It's so strange to me. Yeah, I feel like they just there's no way they have two ACC teams. Right. So I, I guess so, but I don't know. That's strange. I feel like there's Ohio State with those two losses. They were they were bad. They stick out. Yeah. I don't know. That's weird. Now, Brian, you yeah. like you like the Auburn team though better, right? You like that 
You like that for yeah, yes? Yeah, I like Auburn. You know, Auburn to make the playoffs is plus 200. But, again, I I actually like them to maybe make the playoffs. But I wouldn't bet the plus 200 on that. I would just take them to beat Alabama because when they're home in two weeks or a week and a half, mm-hmm. they're going to be, again, at home they'll probably be like plus 150 uh, underdogs. And then if they win that game and play Georgia, they'd probably be like maybe minus 200 against Georgia. So if you put those two together, you'll probably get like plus 275, plus 300. So yeah. I actually, I really like this Auburn team, especially at home. I, I was like, I couldn't believe how much I underestimated them. They just run so many cool different plays. And that guy Johnson was awesome. So I, I kind of like that. I, you know, I, But again, I don't like those. I wouldn't bet those odds of plus 200. I'd rather just take... Right, the Bama and the SEC game. Yeah. Well, yeah, and I think I think Bama. I think they'd be a bigger favorite. Actually, I don't know if you could Vegas yeah, you could think. make them less than a seven point favorite against these teams. You know, wow. maybe yeah. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Harry, what would you say that line is? Alabama and Auburn. Oh, uh, boy. Um... Oh, forget it, Harry. Forget <laughs> it. <I don't> know. <laughs> oh boy. I... Uh, at this point, with after 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 the way Alabama played against and their defense played against Mississippi State. Mm-hmm. Like, Maybe still people are still going to go still lean towards uh, ten and a half. Wow! All right, Ooh. all right, that's high. Maybe that maybe that's, that high. That, that's too high. I, I think uh, you I think might be right. Still? Like, he wasn't paying six attention. Six and a half, seven. <laughs> probably right. So, yeah. In Harry's defense, he's he's never paying attention Harry, when it's not are you his tweeting time. again. <laughs> <laughs> Harry's changing his password. He's changing his password on Twitter. Let's let's leave him alone. All right. Well, there you go. Uh, we have. Uh, the parlay kid likes uh, over sacks, over two and a half sacks for the Eagles this week. Harry likes over one touchdown pass for Peterman. And Brother Bry likes the odds for Auburn to make the playoffs, not necessarily jump on them, but thinks they're good. And Miami to not make the playoffs. You can find these and so many more interesting props on Bovada.lv. Check it out, Bovada.lv. Now, let's take a ride on the Make Believe Riverboat Casino each week. The Degenerate Trifecta and I set sail, tackling make-believe gambling propositions related to sports and pop culture events. Tonight's fake prop, the 2017-2018 Cleveland Cavaliers regular season wins versus Grayson Allen's high-scoring game this season. Grayson Allen lit up the Spartans for 37 yesterday, much to Tate Mm. Frazier's uh, dismay. We're putting the spread at Cavs regular season wins minus 11.5 Parlay Kid, which way are you going with this? So this is a good one. Um, so basically, right, let's just say Allen doesn't get higher than 37 points all year, right? This is, let's say this is, yeah. this is as high as it's going to go, okay? Mm-hmm. That means the, the Cavs got to win 49 games to cover this. Uh, our uh, NBA expert buddy, Alec, <laughs> uh, insists that the Cavs are just a bad basketball team. Right. Um, and, uh, you know, anything that might happen to LeBron along the way is only going to hurt them uh, even worse. LeBron right now in New York is like public enemy number one. I don't know if you saw that yeah, game sure. the other night mm-hmm. uh, with, the, with the Knicks and the Cavs. Well, what, what a battle um, going back and forth. Uh, of course, all, everybody in New York would love LeBron to come to New York. But I'm thinking, so I, I like, I really like in this case, uh, I like Allen here. I, I just, I think the Cavs are going to win their 40 Five, forty-six, forty-seven games. I think that's where they're going to fit this year. Uh, they know for them it's all about the playoffs. Allen sitting at thirty-seven. I'm not sure if he's going to uh, ever really pass that. But if you're giving me uh, eleven and a half with it, I got to go with Allen. Uh, at least taking that thirty-seven right now and taking that one to the bank. So I like Grayson Allen in this. All right, Harry, you agree with the parlay kid? I do agree with the parlay kid. Um, Allen, I know it's early, but he's hitting 65% from three already. And 37 points, I think that's going to hold up. The Cavs heading into tonight's game, five of their 15 games have been against uh, quality teams. So that's a third of their games have been against quality teams, and they're only 7-7. Seven and seven. They play no defense. They're giving up like 112 points a game. Uh, J.R. Smith and Tristan Thompson's numbers are down from last year. Dwayne Wade was a bad signing. He's only hitting 40% from the field. And the Cavs are old, basically. They're old. This is the 15th season for Wade, LeBron, and Korver, 14th for J.R. Smith. I just don't see it. I don't think, you know, what are they going to If they're 7-7 seven and seven and only a third of their games have been against good teams, what are they going to get? 40 wins? Minus the 11.5? I think it's a steal for Allen. All right. 
let's let's jump to you, Tate, before we hit uh, Brother Bry with this. What what do you you're giggling at Harry's uh, analysis? But I think I love it, Harry. I think you're shooting straight from the hip. <laughs> what do you think? Uh, Bingo. I, I think you know Bagley went out last night, who's Duke's best player. Mm-hmm. I think uh, they're freshmen. Duvall's going to score more. Their point guard, he's been great so far. He's had I think thirty assists, two turnovers in three games, which is insane. Um, I think Grayson won't score more than thirty-seven. So, but let, but we should say, look at Duke's schedule move, coming up. They yeah. have uh, Furman, mm-hmm. real stalwart, Southern University, South Dakota, Saint Francis, Evansville. So, with all those teams coming up, you know he's going to have one night where he might put up forty just to say he put up forty. Yeah, so I'd watch out for that. All right, brother Bry, which way are you going? Yeah, uh, so I don't know if you noticed. Did you notice that uh, Grayson got a haircut and it looks? Just like Tate's it haircut. It does look like Tate's haircut. <laughs> You're right. That's not a that's yep. not a coincidence. Tate, when did you get yours? I don't have hair gel in my hair. <laughs> that's a Duke thing. Tate, I'm trying to think. Did you have that haircut Monday when we did we did the I did the pod with Simmons? I go to Supercuts because it's fifteen dollars to get a haircut. Right. And they just shaved my head. They didn't even ask. They, they, it's so cheap. They just they do whatever they want. You, you said you said get me the Grayson Allen. Don't lie here. <laughs> that's what you said. In LA they'd be like, Who is that? Is he an actor? <laughs> it does sound like an actor. Yeah, Brother Bry, you're right on with that. So does that factor into no, I know, the thought? I thought so. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, so I like um, – I actually like the Cavs in this one because I – like Tate and like Darren was saying, I, I think 37 is probably going to be a high because, you know, again, obviously Bagley going out helped him last night. And I think he's only had like five 30-point career games. So, mm-hmm. I, I, well, you could expect maybe some 30-point games. I, I think 37 is the most he's going to get. And – I, I'm the first one who thinks like the Cavs have been awful this year. I've been criticizing them, betting against them a lot so far. But I think it would be dumb of me to say like that LeBron's not going to win 49 games. So mm-hmm. I, I, that's why I got to go with the Cavs here because I, I just think even even 49 or 50 wins is a down year for them, and I I, I do think it's a down year. But I think like I said, it's it's dumb to not say LeBron's going to win 49 games. Yeah, and I'm with you. I'm uh, I I completely agree. I and everyone's panicking because that's the thing you have to do. You have to panic, and it's fun to see LeBron uh, go through go through a miserable um, first 14 games. But they're seven and seven. I'm thinking like. Maybe they have a plan though to just grab the six seed. Like, but you know they already beat Washington. They already beat Milwaukee twice. Right. I think. Like they, they just don't want to play the Celtics in the first round. If you're, as long as you're not the eight seed, it ends up being the same thing, right? Is wherever if you're one or two or or seven or six or something. So, I think they have a plan. That said, I do think they go fifty-one and thirty-one. And Grayson Allen. Ooh. Is gonna get, he's gonna get a forty point game in there. As Tate said, there's a there's a lot of games in there that are just he he can light it up. Portland State, uh, Furman, and then I think they have South Dakota. Even after they play Indiana and St. Francis, I'm looking at this before it gets to the uh, the conference games. I'm gonna say uh, Grayson Allen is the winner plus eleven and a half over Cavs regular season right. wins. All right, that'll do it for another week of Captain Morgan's Make Believe Riverboat Casino. No matter how you live like a captain. Captain Morgan reminds you to please drink responsibly. Captain's orders. All right, guys, you ready? This is it. Sharp Tank. You guys each pitch me a bet. I'm going to buy one of them, and I'm not going to be able to sell it to anyone because <laughs> we've been ice cold lately. Harry, Harry, we'll wait on you. We'll wait on you. Let's start with Brother Bry. Okay. Brother Bry, you got to do better than last yeah. week. Yeah. Pressure's like? on, right? So actually, I was looking at the. I spent about three days looking at the college slate and the NFL slate, and I don't love a lot of the college games this week. And there's some seven-point favorites that I like, but so I'm going to go back. I'm going to go back to the NFL this week. I feel a little bit more comfortable with some of these these bigger favorites in some of these games, like we talked about before. You know, I think you know Seattle's been the only team who's lost with the seven-point favorites. So mm-hmm. I'm going to do a five-team NFL parlay, Sal. Um, the first team is going to be the Jaguars. Minus three seventy. I just, I know some people think this will be a little bit of a letdown. Maybe, maybe Cleveland keeps it close, but I just can't in my mind think that for if Kaiser goes down seven to ten points in this game, there, this game is over mm-hmm. by the second quarter. Yeah. So I, I'd like the Jags there again. Could be close, but I like them in that one. The other one, I like the uh, the Pats minus three ten over my Raiders. I know it's in Mexico. Unless Brady has some type of like symptoms from altitude sickness, I, I just don't see them putting up. Uh, well, I just don't see them not putting up 
35 to 40 points on the Raiders. The Raiders secondary is so weak. So I love them in that game. I like the Chiefs minus 500. I mean, again, Andy Reid off of a bye. That's pretty easy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'm taking those three big favorites, and I'm also putting them with the Eagles minus 205. I, it doesn't seem like, I mean, from what I hear, that Sean Lee does not seem like he's playing. He's mm-hmm. out. And this team is just a completely different team without them. I know not even factoring in Smith could be out as well and Zeke being out. I just think the Eagles are going to score a lot of points on, on them, and uh, I think that's an easy one. And then the last one, I like the Seahawks uh, minus 150 on Monday night at home against the Falcons. So I don't know, Sal, we, we had been going back and forth on this, but uh, the favorites – for Sunday and Monday night, I think, are 18-3 and three this year. So I think that, that bodes well for the Eagles and the Seahawks. And I think the Seahawks, I, I just don't expect them to come out and, and lay a dud again. And Earl Thomas is going to be back, so I'd expect them to, to get back in the winning column at home. So those five teams, Sal, pay uh, plus 400. So I, I think, again, it's a bunch of the favorites, but I think I'm, I'm trying to keep it a little simplified this week, and all right. I, but I love all five of those teams. All right, four to one odds on the Jags, Pats, KC, Chiefs, Eagles, uh, and the Seahawks. Five teamer. All right, Parlay Kid, can you beat that? Mm. Well, so it, it's ironic um, that uh, this could be a little similar to Brian's actually, because mm-hmm. um, you know I, I like to go with my NFL parlays and my NFL teasers. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, I was, I'm going to take my, my parlay, and I'll just put it into a teaser right now so it gets at least it's a little different right. uh, from Brian's. Um, you know, because it's really like, you know, if, uh, if at first you don't succeed, you know, try again here. And yeah. I'm going to – this is more like try, 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 try again <laughs> after a while because uh, I keep losing. But, again, this is one of these weeks where, like Brian is saying – you know, we haven't seen, uh, uh, you know, except for that Redskin win over the Seahawks, we haven't seen anybody that's been over a seven-point, uh, you know, favorite lose a game in a month. Pittsburgh it was really, close. They played it, badly. They, played, they they were really off. But, yeah. yeah, but even they came back and won. Yeah. This is unbelievable. And yet, Sal, and here's the thing is, none of us are winning money. Every Sunday for the last four weeks you text saying, how are we not winning money, right? Mm-hmm. Isn't that really how your text is, That's how it. are we not winning money on this? But it seems like everybody is kind of in that same rut. So I'm going to take a three-team tease here. So first, it's going to, we're going to start with the Chiefs getting a half a point. Um, I'm sorry, giving a half a point to the Giants. The Chiefs are going to steamroll the Giants. The Giants have all been given up, have all but given up. Uh, McAdoo is... Uh, uh, geez, it seems like he's on his way out, right? Mm-hmm. I, I think everybody, the writing's on the wall, is a lame duck coach at this point. Uh, the Chiefs need to win. They need to keep winning. Uh, I think that's, if you're talking about a half a point, look, that game, they're going to win this game by 14 right. to, uh, you know, or above as far as I'm concerned. I also like the, the Jags. Right now the Jags are a seven-and-a-half-point favorite, so you put them on a three-teamer. They're getting two-and-a-half at the Browns. The Jags' defense is, uh, is I feel like it's, one of the top defenses in the NFL. Mm-hmm. They fly all over the field. They make plays. Uh, Ramsey, Barry Church, and, you know, a former Cowboy there. Yep. Uh, they seem to just fly all over the place. Like Brian said, if the Jaguars go up 7 nothing or, or any time in this league, a game have a lead, they're going to feast on this Cleveland team. Uh, that's all I'm going to say about Cleveland this week. I think my rants have... <laughs> uh, said enough about them. All so right. they put the Jags on there. And then the Saints um, plus one on this teaser against the Skins. The Saints sound have surprised the heck out of me. Uh, they're more balanced than ever. Their defense is playing better than it has in a decade. Uh-huh. Uh, their running game is good. I mean, Michael Thomas is a very solid receiver. Uh, this is They're kind of following the formula of the way the Dallas Cowboys were last year. Like, Using the run to set up the pass rather than vice versa, it's I think really helped Breeze out a lot. Uh, and the Redskins are just banged up; they're just not a very good team right now. Even though they beat the Seahawks a couple weeks ago, that was a fluke. Their running game isn't very good. Their receivers have not stepped up at all this year for Cousins. The mm-hmm. poor guy's on an island all by himself. Uh, their offensive line is still banged up. Uh, the Saints are winning. So, uh, if you, so basically to recap. Chiefs minus half a point, Jags getting two and a half, Saints getting a point on a three-team tease. 
Uh, I think that's a lock this week. All right, so. and that's probably minus one twenty odds. Casey Jags. Yeah. Taints, uh, Saints. Uh, right. Three three team ten points. All right, Harry, you're hot. You're three zero and one the last four weeks. Much better. You don't well, even belong on this um, podcast. Who do you like? Well, I'll tell you. I'm gonna go with. I know back in our college days when we looked at these games and we saw some stuff and we would always guess the lines. Sal in these college games and we'd uh-huh. be like, this game, this game's a fix. Oh, this is crazy. And the game that makes no sense, and the other team is. I have a game like that this week in college, and it's Arizona going north to take on Oregon. If Arizona was a two and a half point favorite in this game, I would have not even looked at it or even focused in on it. Maybe even if they were one and a half point favorite. But Oregon is a one point favorite at home versus Arizona, and I'll tell you, I've got about fifteen stats here why you shouldn't like Oregon. But Oregon is my play, minus one. All right. Oh. Oregon oh, good. has lost four of oh. the last five, and they lost by 35 on November 4th to Washington. Mm-hmm. They're 2-5 and five in conference play, while Arizona is 5-2. and two. Their two wins in the Pac-12 are against Cal and Utah, who are combined 4-10 and ten in conference play. Arizona has won five of six, and the lowest amount of points they scored in any of those wins was 45 in their seven wins. They're averaging 56 points a game. And Parlay Kid, our boy, quarterback Khalil Tate, he's yep. got 1,300 yards rushing. He's got 11, yard, 11 touchdowns rushing. And he's yep. basically done it in six games. Amazing. 2018 Amazing. Heisman Trophy winner right there. Right there. I mean, he's out of nowhere. He's like fourth in the balloting right now if you wanted to go right. for him. At like Unbelievable. Last time I saw That's right. 31. It's their yep. first meeting since, because of the schedule way it works out in the Pac-12, it's their first meeting since 2014 where they actually split. They played in the championship game. But in 2013, Arizona beat the Ducks by 26. I mean, the only thing I got that's good on Oregon's side is that <laughs> their quarterback, uh, Bear is supposed to be coming back and that they're coming off a of bye week. So it makes no sense to take Arizona. Why is Oregon a one-point favorite? <laughs> Give me the Ducks in the fix. Of the week. Well, all right. All right. Well, that has to be very confusing for people. Just listen to five minutes of reasoning of why <laughs> Arizona should kick the crap out of Oregon, and then Harry takes Oregon. But that's the way he does it, and he's been hot. Who's to argue with him? Let me look at these. I have to buy one of them. Um, Brother Bright, I like Jags, Pats, Casey. I like it all. I, I, I don't like the night games. I don't like your night games. I'm sorry. I, I, maybe it's just a biased cowboy thing, but I think this is a last chance game for them. I don't know how they would do it without Tyron Smith or without Sean Lee, but I think they keep that close. I also am one of the last. I think the Saints are the, are the, are the best team in the NFC. I think the Eagles are, are, are like third. I don't know why, aside from Tate's Panthers, who I just don't think showed up on a Thursday – I don't see too many good wins on their schedule, but they're really good. I just don't like that. And I'm not sure about the Seahawks either. Parley Kid, like I said, I love the Saints. I love I like the Jags to win. Why not? Cleveland keep it rolling. And Casey, like you said, Andy Reid off the bye. And the Giants have fallen apart. Um But I'm going with Harry. He's got the hot hand. I'm doing it. Oregon <laughs> minus one for all the opposite reasons that Harry gives. We're taking Oregon minus one on Sharp Tank, Harry. You got to. You got to. Yep. What time is that game, Harry? Uh, Do we know? Brian knows. Let's see. Uh, uh, I think it's five o'clock. Uh, six. Uh, four o'clock Pacific. I think. Uh, yeah, I'm seeing five Let's Mountain. See. We can't. We see. We can't even convert uh, time from the, the regions. All right. All right. <laughs> it's sometime. It is definitely Saturday. I'm going with Harry. Oregon minus one, and that is mine and Harry's best bet on Sharp Tank. And listen, you can find these guys everywhere. You can find Brother Bry at BSZOK816 on Twitter. Parley Kid is at The Chalk Talker. And Harry, well, at least for the next uh, hour or two, is on at AAO Harry. Um, yeah, he'll. he'll uh, Keep he'll, it PG, Harry. Yeah, really, Harry. Try to figure out what's yeah, going on there. No kidding. Did you change your password? Uh, did I? Yeah, did you? Yeah. It's changed. It's changed. Yeah, it's changed. It's in? Changed. All right. Okay, good. All right. All right, guys. Uh, my, my assistant changed it for me. All right. Your assistant got it. Thanks, Ken. <laughs> Harry, by the way, was in Hawaii for two days this week. Don't even ask. Nobody else was yeah. in Hawaii, right? Your, t- your, t- 
Your typical, your typical two and a half day trip to Hawaii from the from the main. From yeah, the your, your master can had to accumulate miles to 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 stay in this program, this rewards Hit the program. Hit the million. How he doesn't already million. have a million miles this year is uh, beyond me. He's, he's traveling eight, every eight hours. But all right, listen, R.J. Bell coming up. But first, a message. Listen to this. All right, before we get to R.J. Bell, one question. Are you hiring? Here's another question. Do you know where to post your job to find the best candidates? What if hiring could be easier, more streamlined, and less time-consuming? So even when you're busy, you could still be smart about the way you hire. If you're hiring, you know that quality hires keep your business moving forward. But you also know it could take a lot of time to find the right candidate for the job. With ZipRecruiter, you could post your job to over 100 of the web's leading job boards with just one click. Then ZipRecruiter puts its smart matching technology to work, actively notifying qualified candidates about your job within minutes of posting so you receive the best possible matches. That's why ZipRecruiter is different. Unlike other hiring sites, ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on the right candidates finding you, it finds them. No wonder 80% of employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site in just one day. No juggling emails or calls to your office. Simply screen, rate, and manage candidates all in one place with ZipRecruiter's easy-to-use dashboard. ZipRecruiter is the smartest way to hire. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by businesses of all sizes and industries to find the most qualified job candidates with immediate results. And right now, my listeners can post jobs on ZipRecruiter for free. That's right, free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash odds. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash O-D-D-S. One more time, try it for free and go to ZipRecruiter.com slash odds. And believe it or not, the holidays are just around the corner. That means plenty of parties, gifts, and spending. But it also means there's lots of football, basketball, and hockey games you could score big on every day. And my bookie is the place to score serious cash on your sports predictions. It's your hookup for all your betting needs and offers super fast payouts when you win. Play like the pros on game day with money line, side, or total. Whatever you choose, if you want to make money betting the games, you got to go to mybookie.ag because where you bet is just as important important as who you're betting on you don't have to take my word for it check them out yourself they have odds on every matchup in a mobile site that makes wagering on your smartphone a breeze join now and my bookie will match your deposit with up to a 50 percent bonus use the promo code sal sal to activate the offer visit mybookie.ag today All right, welcome back to Against All Odds, part of the Ringer Podcast Network. You can hear and see my next guest everywhere, really. He's the Ryan Seacrest of the sports gambling arena, founder of Pregame.com, exclusive odds provided to the Associated Press. He has a Fox National radio show straight out of Vegas. He has a dream preview podcast on Podcast One. He does it all. Prognosticator extraordinaire, R.J. Bell. R.J., thanks for coming on, buddy. Oh, listen, Sal, I've been a fan of yours for, I mean, literally years, because to me, you do such an amazing job of taking sports betting, taking Vegas, something I feel so passionately about, and exposing it to more of the mainstream. And and to me, that's a great service to Las Vegas. All right. Well, we're not going to get any better than that, so let's end the interview now. No, thank you. I (laughs) I appreciate that. I, I feel like we've been competing for the same jobs for the last five years, and yet we still like each other a lot. How is that possible? You know why, Sal? Because I really believe, honestly, and and people don't know, a little inside information, it was me and you, the finalists for the ESPN Sports Center gig, right? and you won, and to me it was, like, it made sense, right? I was talking to the guy that made the decision, I said, if you're looking for entertainment, if you're looking for, you know, listen, you make a living being funny, right? You're an amazing (laughs) performer. And you know sports betting, you're the answer. If you want to dig a little bit deeper and, you know, something we are a little more academic about it, mm-hmm. then I'm the answer. So to me, we don't really compete. It's the other people don't know what they want. And then once they see you and they, they see me, sometimes they want you and occasionally they want me. I think they want you enough. I definitely, I see you everywhere. <laughs> but that said, had you taken the ESPN job for me, I would have hated your guts for sure. I definitely. Exactly, yeah. exactly. I understand that. But then, then we would have. Matt, I would have bought you sushi and That's everything right. would have worked out. That's right. Well, listen, 
I'm not buying anyone sushi lately because I've been ice cold with my bets. And I feel like uh, going to you, you have a great bedside manner. You're like the mechanic. I need to be I need to be tuned up here because you never seem to have a bad week, right? Like you, you No, no, that's that's not true, but no? it has been a good run. So I do Kevin and Bean every week now for right. four NFL seasons. Year one we won, year two we won, year three we won. We're just a smidge up this year. And I'm looking to win. That's all you can hope to do is win. But I'll be honest with you, Sal, and this is probably the beginning concept. Mm -hmm. And uh, hopefully we can lay a foundation of some of the more academic concepts for your audience. The best bettors in Vegas win 55% of the time. Right. And there's a lot of information providers out there. There's some some good ones. There's many good ones. But if anyone says 60-plus percent, run the other way because it's impossible. Your goal is to win one extra game every 20 games from a drunk baby flipping a coin. <laughs> a drunk baby flipping a coin, 50%. The guys that live in the big houses in Vegas, 55 right. So it's only a little difference. I know. I got it. Yes, you seem to have a lot more than 55 But you, all right, you're honest with it. You're honest about it. I have had a hard time here. I don't know what it is. Back, I felt like... You know, it's funny, as you say 55% and 60%, and people should be happy if you're giving these picks out. But I remember if I'd be uh, 12 and 3 um, with my best bets on ESPN, if I gave out a loser, I'd get death threats the next week. It's like, whoa, you can't make anyone happy in this. In well, this well listen, Vegas is built on irrational thinking. <laughs> right. So if you're going to be involved with Vegas, you got to accept on Twitter, especially. Right. It's irrational on Twitter no matter what. It's a mess. It's a mess. All right, speaking of irrational thinking. I've had theories for years that I feel like have worked out. Like you say 55% is good. I feel like these theories over the years have have uh, panned out in the 60% range, and they're just not hitting this, this year. One of them, teams flying east to west or teams flying west to east. Now, getting not, not getting enough rest and teams on a short week playing the Monday night. So, for instance, Detroit played uh, Green Bay on Monday night. You figure one of them is going to be tired or let down, especially Green Bay is then going on the road to Chicago. No, maybe Chicago was just that bad, but Green Bay uh, covered, won the game outright. Detroit, a little bit, little bit slow start, then uh, all over uh, Cleveland on a double-digit spread. Does that trend hold up? Did it ever hold up, or is it in my imagination? All right, so here's a powerful concept of the foundational stuff. Mm-hmm. A trend only matters if it's not accounted for in the spread. Okay. So let me give you an example. Imagine if I send you a Twitter DM like we communicate, and I say, Sal, I've got a best bet. Don't tell anyone about this, baby, but bet your biggest bet of the year. I'm betting on the Patriots because Tom Brady's out. He hurt himself in this hypothetical world, and he's out, and you should uh, – but by the way, ESPN's reporting it, but, but you should bet against the Pats. Mm-hmm. That doesn't make any sense, right? Because right. everyone know, knows Brady's out. Right. So they account for it, and the line gets adjusted. You know, now it would be adjusted with Hoyer, seven, eight points, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Is east to west, or even more so west to east, because you have the body clock with that 1 p.m. start. You have the West Coast team, 10 a.m. on their internal body clock. That is a negative. Right. But it's a negative the market accounts for. So historically, you're right, it's a factor, but since it's accounted for, you can't really benefit from it with winners and losers. Now, in any given 10 or 12 games, it could go, you know, 10 and 2, 2 and 10. Mm-hmm. Just, and next time you're in Vegas, sit and watch a roulette wheel, and you'll be shocked the number of times there's seven reds out of nine. You yeah. know, it's just, that's just random numbers. Right. But in general, the market understands that east to west. I will, uh, and especially west east, I will give you one thing the market doesn't fully account for, mm-hmm. which is West Coast teams playing night games. Hmm. It doesn't matter if it's out west or east. Their body clocks, so let's say the Monday night game's about over, right? So it's 11.30 Eastern. If you're an East Coast team, you're, it's midnight. Do you think you're performing best as an athlete at midnight for you? No. But if it's 
you know, 8.30 or 9 o'clock Pacific time, doesn't matter where you are, your body's telling you it's not that late, those teams tend to have an edge. And if you look back in history, West Coast teams playing East Coast teams, any venue, but if it's a night game, there's an edge for the West Coast team. Interesting. All right, I'm writing that down, and I'm going to stick with that. Now, I, I, I know what you're saying. It's like if Dave Chappelle, like these comedians, that's why comedy clubs are open late. If they're doing their stand-up at noon, they're going to be a little rusty because they're just not used to that. It makes sense. It's, right? it's, it's like think back in college, right? If you had that 8 a.m. class, yeah. you probably weren't as good, right? But now it's the opposite because these athletes, most days, when do they have to report to the facility, right? It's usually right. pretty early. Yeah. Now they're going to be playing at midnight. And you see this in the preseason. This is even more niche where teams will play day games, day games, day games all through the, or, or I'm sorry, night games through the preseason. Mm-hmm. And then they have like a West Coast team going east, which is your favorite. You know, I know you like that. Yeah. That's good in week one when they've played all those night games and now they're playing at 10 a.m. So it's a, a jarring transition. Mm-hmm. But in general, those West Coast teams playing at night have an edge. Okay. All right. Now, when you say they do adjust the line for that, what do they move? They only move like a point, right? A point and a half? Uh, maybe it's probably, a probably less than that, a half a point. Really? Wow. But, but, but historically, like here's the way, and I could do this for you and send it to you, and maybe next week if you wanted to talk about it or not, but yeah. here's the way I would test the theory. Take the West Coast teams and look at their results over like 20 years when they play on the East Coast and compare it to 20 years of road games on the West Coast. So they're playing, let's say, um, Seattle is playing, let's say, the Chargers, right? So that would be they're staying west and they're on the road versus going back east. Mm -hmm. And what you're going to see is probably they're going to lose by about a half a point more because road teams in general are going to always lose in the long run when you add up all the games. That's why home teams usually are favored by three if they're even teams. But you're going to see a team lose a little bit less when they stay west. And you can quantify it by looking at the two data sets over a couple of decades. Okay. Tate, you're going to do that after we're done here. You're going to look at all those, all right? <laughs> I'll find it all. Okay, no good. All right. So conversely, is there an edge for these buy teams? Or is it as, as prominent as it used to be uh, for something like that? Or a team that played Monday night and uh, – and coming and then playing Sunday. Does that seem to make a a difference? Well, and, and real quick with with Tay, is I'm such a fan of Lombardi, uh, oh, yeah. and and you guys, what? And that Saturday morning, baby, where you're rattling off the picks, <laughs> I love it. I listen religiously. Actually, on our Fox show, we probably use sound from that every week, at least one clip, you know, with attribution and and uh, Lombardi. And it's a good tip, though, Sal. In general, when you listen to guys like Lombardi, yeah. like a. Gray Cosell on Collins' show. Mm-hmm. These guys have insight no Vegas guy has. Right. You just have to figure out how to interpret it and apply it to the spread. But those real X's and O's experts, there's a huge edge if you know what, the, you know, if you listen to them. Here's what I'll say about buys mm-hmm. they're built into the number two because everyone knows about it. Yeah. But there's one situation they're not. And this is a great trend. And it segues into one of my better bets of the week. All right. So I'm my best, but it's probably my second. Okay. Is a team on a bye that's a road favorite off the bye. Mm-hmm. Now, if you go back in history now, those teams are 61 and 23 against the spread. 73%. Wow. It's amazing. Okay, so, so what's the logic? Yeah. I stay away from road, team, road favorites almost always. Right, these are road favorites we're talking about. Here's the logic. Why are road favorites so dangerous? It's because the team that's traveling is clearly better. Because mm-hmm. you can't be favored on the road unless you're clearly better. Right. And but because you're clearly better, you have the distractions on the road, you might be looking ahead, you might be a little beat up from last week, whatever it is that is going to cause you not to play your best game, you're more susceptible against the team you think you should easily beat, mm-hmm. and you're more susceptible to that on the road. That's why road favorites are so dangerous. Well, when you have a bye, all that stuff goes out the window. If you haven't played for two weeks, you're not going to look ahead. You're going to be focused on that team. You're not going to be tired. All the things that make traveling tough, you have that total focus, and thus 73, which is amazing, percent winners in that trend. And here's my game, though. The Baltimore Ravens, Hmm. favored by two 
at Green Bay, and there's a subset that's even better, Sal. If the team who's the road favorite doesn't have a winning record, mm-hmm. and Baltimore doesn't, they're 20 and five <laughs> against the spread. That's ridiculous. And the rationale is this team without the winning record really needs a win. Mm-hmm. They've got their bye to kind of think, guys, we got to focus. And they're playing a team that they can beat because they're better. And thus the focus is there even more. I like the Ravens. Wow, that's pretty good. And that, I fell into that trap. I wish I would have known the stat last week because I took the Redskins over uh, Minnesota. Minnesota was coming off a bye. They were a, a, a slight road favorite, but yeah, that would have come in handy. So you must feel the same way about KC, or do you stay away? They're given double digits. Uh, even Andy Reid just straight up has a great buy, uh, record off the buy, right? Yeah, and, and I think Reid off the buy has become so prevalent. If you just search Andy Reid buy, you're going to get like 300 yes. Google returns. Mm-hmm. And the record is regular season 16 and 2 straight up. 14 and 4 against the spread in those games. Mm-hmm. Playoffs 3 and 1 straight up, 2 and 2 against the spread. So you add it up 19 and 3 with a bye straight up, 16 and 6. I think it's inflated this number. I mean, they you know, it's up out. to double digits. Mm-hmm. This is the biggest road favorite KC's been since 1992. Mm-hmm. And it's only the third time in 30 years the Giants are a double digit home dog. Last time. Your buddy Bill remembers undefeated Pats came in in 2007, and uh, the Giants actually played very tough in that game. So to me, if I had to play the game, which I don't, I would lean KC because of the trend. Mm -hmm. But once you get to double digits, I'm I'm never going to play any trend blindly, and this is when I'd probably pass. Right. Okay, so now here's what I would do for this. Now you're going to talk me off this, but I love love the money line parlays. I, I love them in college football. I'll string together seven 15-point favorites, which are like minus 1,900 on the money line or something, and try to get it to even. I'll do the same with football, and somehow I'm getting caught with these low spreads and I'm not making any money, but the fact of the matter is only one seven-plus-point favorite has lost in the last four weeks outright, and that's Seattle home against Washington. Um, why don't you like money line parlays? Does isn't it that week eleven? Don't we know who's good enough to just win? Pittsburgh couldn't have played worse, and yet that that's a winner if you have it on a money line parlay. True enough. Um, you're going to win more than you're not. But let me give you. You said the number seven. It's almost like we planned this. Yeah. Larry Bird, one of the best free throw shooters of all time, was around ninety percent mm-hmm. from free throws. Larry Bird is an underdog, or was in his prime, an underdog to make seven straight free throws. So if you just take .9 times .9 seven times, it's going to come in below 50%. Mm-hmm. So what you're doing, Sal, is you're disguising the risk by having multiple very likely events chained together. So it feels like, well, of course Pittsburgh's going to beat the Colts. Of course so-and-so is going to beat so-and-so. But even if those odds are 90% or so, if you string enough together, you're going to be in trouble because only one needs to lose. Right. Here's another great concept. And this applies, we might say, listen, Sal, we know you have so many listeners on this pod and the Ringer Network, very successful. So this is going to affect a lot of people positively. All of the casino, blackjack, roulette, you know, craps, do this, bet, and if it loses, double, and do this, all those systems throw them out the window. Mm -hmm. Here's the key. If an individual bet by itself is not profitable, or as we call it in Vegas, positive EV, expected value, if it doesn't have a positive expected value, no combination of bets of those negative bets could have an expected value. So the question is, do you think all set, would you have bet all seven of those, let's say, individually? No. Maybe I would have, but no. I know. (laughs) I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. But, and and, and yeah. remember, with big favorites, the public, NFL has more public betting than any sure. other sport, right. which means the biases of the public have more effect on the line. Mm-hmm. And what do we know that the public loves? They love favorites, and they love the idea, oh, the favorite would just have to win. So in general, and it, this applies to baseball too, when you get over minus 200, you're only getting the public's 
playing money line parlays typically like you do are the only people betting those big favorites. Right. And they're probably jacked up a little bit because there's so much public money on them. Got it. Okay. So you're getting a you're getting a faulty line. Everything's working against you even more. You're, you're than, paying a premium. Right. Then it would. But okay. But let me ask you this. So just just from a psychological point of view, and I know for this is blasphemous to to tell people to stay away from the line, the thing we love and treasure so much. It runs our <laughs> life. But if you're, and I know you don't like this one, but let's say you have the Chiefs laying 10 and a half, right? Rather than having them on the money line with two other teams like the Patriots and uh, Jacksonville or something. If you have the Chiefs laying 10 and a half, you're really betting that they're going to be up by 18 points with two minutes left. Because unless you're like really just like one of these hardcore degenerates that don't watch the game, you're going to have a heart attack unless they're up by 18 with two minutes left because you're, gonna, you're susceptible to the backdoor cover. In other words, and you know this, teams don't try to cover the spread. They try to win. Steelers don't give a crap about winning by six. They want to walk off the field with, with a W, right? Now listen, you just made the perfect case for betting underdogs. Oh, okay. If you went and talked to 10 different professional batters in the NFL and ask them, what percentage of dogs do you play? What percentage of favorites? The average answer is going to be 75% underdogs. Mm -hmm. You know why? Because your interest as a batter and the interests of the team are always aligned. If the team is losing, they want to make it closer. Right. And if the team is winning, well, they want to win. Mm -hmm. If you have a favor, especially a bigger favor, your interests are often misaligned. Because let's say a team's laying 12, they're up by 10, they got the ball with 40 seconds left. What do you want? Well, you want them to score. What do they want? They want to kneel out the game. Right. So it's another reason probably to play underdogs. But by the way, last thing on this. A time to play money lines is if you have a high-variance team as an underdog. So hmm. let's say you've got a team that is, uh, in scenario A, they're a below-average team, but they always kind of play a pretty decent game. All right? hmm. Well, you don't want to play them, let's say, as an eight-point underdog on the money line because the odds of them playing really, really well isn't great. But imagine you have a team that half the time they're really good and half the time they're horrible and they're getting eight. That's high variance, right? It's going to vary more. Then you look to sprinkle some on the money line because if they do play well, chances are there's going to be an extreme result because right. they have higher variance in their outcome. Mm -hmm. I, do, I do understand that. It just sucks. From a rooting standpoint, and this is where Vegas has you, you don't want to have – you don't want to rely on five shitty quarterbacks on a Sunday to make money, right? And that that's no, why no, I agree. Listen, yeah. and, and <laughs> I had the Browns last week, yeah. right, plus 13. I bet it early in the week. Up 10. They were up seven in the fourth quarter. Mm -hmm. I, I, you know, I was on with Adam Kroll, and I mentioned coming on your show, and Adam said to say hi, yeah. and I'm on every Wednesday with him, and I rarely – complain about the bad beats, but it, I finally broke down and complained for about three minutes, so you're right. But here's the thing to think about, Sal. If you want to bet like a pro, and that's the important thing that your listeners need to decide. Are they betting for recreation, or do they really want to try to win? Because right. if you're betting for recreation, you accept losing, right? I love movies. When I go in a movie theater, I don't have more money when I come out. I lose money, but it's mm -hmm. worth it because I'm entertained. Mm -hmm. Well, if you want to bet like, you know, a bunch of favorites, a bunch of money lines, just accept it's fun and you're going to lose probably long term. Don't bet so much it's a problem. Right. But if you want to bet like a pro, you can take pride that you're on those stinker teams, that you have to hold your nose. That's true. And maybe the psychology of saying only a pro would bet the Browns might be worth the pain it causes you. That's true. I like that. <laughs> I do like that. And my friend Harry uh, lives and dies by that, that motto. But I, I do like Hey, let me ask you. The guys, people always ask me, and I don't know the uh, answer for sure, who makes the lines? Is it 10 guys? Is it 7 guys? Would you want to do this ever if it paid anything uh, more than minimum wage? Talk about so, pride. Uh, Talk about listen, pride. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Listen, the guy who makes the line is the ballsiest guy in the world when it comes to that sport because he's saying, I will bet you I'm going to make a line out of thin air, right? Mm -hmm. No one's telling me anything. I've got no reference, and I'm going to let you bet it. Mm -hmm. Those guys are the sharpest of the sharp, and unfortunately, most of the time it's made offshore, 
right, is you've got the big books here in Vegas, and they do a lot of things right, but they don't have a ton of gamble in them. The guys that have the most gamble as bookmakers Mm -hmm. are usually in Costa Rica, and they're online, and they open the line. But here's the practical reality. In any given sport, in any given time of year, it's different sports books that are going to open a line differently. So it might be Chris opens this line, which is an online book. Pinnacle might open this line. Vegas might open a certain line. So it's really whichever book decides to make the, offer the first line, who, however they make their line, that's how that first number is created. Sometimes it might be a round table, like you said. Sometimes it might just be one guy. It's just based on which of the sports books open it up. And this is the last point I'll make on this. You want to bet early as possible. Uh-huh. Because if you bet early, let's say Monday or Tuesday for next Sunday's games, you're betting mostly against the odds maker, which is just those handful of guys at the given book. And anyone that's bet the game since might have moved the line a little bit. Right. But if you bet on Sunday, you're betting against the world. Every mm-hmm. the Billy Walters, the computer guys, the the artificial intelligence guys. There's all kind of syndicates that have teams of people betting these games. Yeah. They all start betting on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday because the limits go up, and now you're competing against them. And I don't know if you play any poker, Sal, but sure. I bet you'd much rather if you do play one, two, no limit than play 50, 100, no limit with Doyle Brunson. Right. Or if you play on Sunday, if you bet, you're betting with Doyle. It was the poker analogy. If you bet on Monday, it's like you're playing the one, two table. Gotcha. So the longer you wait, the more you look into it, the worse off you are. You, you lose your edge. But let me ask you. The line, the line gets sharper as you get closer to kickoff. So you say these people take a risk. Some casinos take more of a risk than others. Isn't everyone, when they make the line, it's it's off of a power rating system? Like you say, that that round table, they'll stick, they'll stick around for the bigger games, the Notre Dame, Miamis, and everything. But they're not going to sit there for Appalachian State and Austin P. They're going to just use their power ratings, whatever they have assigned to each team, and and you know obviously they'll factor any injuries they can get their hands on. But that's what it is, right? You're exactly right for the small teams, right? College back because right now there's college basketball games every night, it's right? Hard, You're not right. even thinking about them probably, right? Yeah. I'm not much, yeah. but they have to put lines out. In general, it's power ratings with any obvious adjustments. The limits are low. And they're comfortable saying, if we're wrong, we're going to find out pretty quick because they're going to bet it, boom, 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 and we're going to get to the right line pretty quickly, and it will take us three or four limit bets, and we can deal with that because the bets aren't too high. When it comes to the NFL, though, even the openers have pretty big limits. Hmm. They're going to start with the power rating, and then they're going to consider all factors, injuries, travel schedules, buys, all the things we're thinking about as we handicap coming towards Sunday, they're going to think about before they put that opener out. But you're right, the starting point is power ratings. For example, what I do... Steve Fezzik, he's the only guy that won the Super Contest twice. Yeah. Now, I know you participate in the Super Contest. He won it twice, only guy ever. Mm-hmm. He works for us at pregame.com. He puts out his power ratings every Wednesday. We post them up at the site, and I consider them to be the best in the world, and that's my starting point. I subtract it out. I account for home field, but then I start thinking about trends, injuries, et cetera. Right. Interesting. All right, I'll give you one more thing. I'm going to make this prop up. Over under for when sports gambling will be legalized nationwide. I'm going to set it at March 9th, 2021, 3.30 p.m. Eastern time. Over or under? <laughs> what do you say? What's that professional sense of humor of yours? I love it. <laughs> I, this is a trick question. I'll make you a gigantic bet, and I'll give you 5-1 to one odds on it oh. that it's over. Wow. And here's why. It's not going to happen nationally. Oh. What it's going to be is they're going to take away the restriction from it, and then they're going to let each state decide. I see. Now, if the bet was, will the first state other than Nevada, and there's a few others that can do parlay cards and stuff, the first time a new state gets added, I would make a major bet it's under March 9, 2021. I think it probably is within two years, I think. And you say it's probably New Jersey because that's getting the most uh, buzz. Jersey, then. 
then you're going to see Pennsylvania, Florida, California. You know, right. typically if it's not a socially conservative state, like Utah probably never would have it, right? right. Texas might take a while. I think the, the more progressive social states uh, or socially progressive states would be first. Okay. I got you. So, well, Sal, real quick, we did tease my best bet if you wanted oh, me to give it real yeah, quick. Yeah, go ahead. What, what was it? I'm sorry. I thought it was – it's not the Ravens? Uh, Ravens are number two for me. I, oh. I bet the Ravens, and I'll quickly give you and, – and I know you've got a relationship with this team, and we mentioned them, at least the past one, the Browns. <laughs> I, I'm betting the Browns again. I wow. must be stupid or stubborn, <laughs> but here's the logic, and this is a, a good, quick lesson. You don't want to just look at offense versus defense. You want to look at ability to run the ball and pass the ball versus the defense's ability to defend the pass, defend the run. Now, a guy like Lombardi on uh, the podcast, um, he'll go beyond that and say, well, this team struggles against the zone and all that. See, I don't get to that level, and that's why I think Lombardi can be so valuable. But if you just look at the Browns, they run the ball surprisingly well and Jacksonville is not good against the run. Jacksonville is the best team in the league against the pass, mm-hmm. but Browns can't pass anyway, right? So they're just going to run, and I think fairly effectively against the Jacks. Now, the Jacks on offense, we know they can't pass. They got Bortles. They run. Cleveland has the best rush defense in the NFL. This is Cleveland's perfect dream matchup. Plus seven and a half, best bet. Interesting. Well, I feel like, you know, you just schooled me for 30 minutes. You taught me things I didn't know. You made me feel good about some things. At least I, I, I'm in the know. I, you, you're like an established professor at Harvard, and then you bet the Browns. It's like you just told me, no, I'm just kidding. I dropped out of third grade. <laughs> you're taking the Browns. <laughs> it's mysterious ways, baby. But in general, yeah. and this will be my last thing, is if you want to bet quick but want to max your chance to win, just literally look at the teams that, that the average fan would never bet. Right. And you're gonna, it's almost like imagine if you're buying a house and the whole world thinks the house, the house is haunted uh-huh. and you don't think it's haunted. Gotcha. You're going to get that house cheap, right? Yes. Yeah, the sure. Browns are like a haunted house. Oh, but, yeah, but they are haunted. They are actually haunted. That's <laughs> you, the problem. You, know, you might be right. <laughs> <laughs> I just worry about Kaiser and the Browns going down 10. I don't, I don't ex- expect Bortles to, uh, to uh, light it up, but you know, if they went down ten nothing, I don't know. Yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe seven and a half. Bortles on the road might be too much either way. But that's that's all right. That's RJ's best bet. He likes the Ravens minus two at Green Bay at his second best. RJ, where can people catch you? Uh, you know, the easiest, and we do a lot of fun stuff. But on Twitter at RJ in Vegas, anything I do, I put out right there. All right, thanks, buddy. Hey, come to Corolla's one Sunday and watch the games with us. What are you waiting for? You don't you, need to be in Vegas. You know something that yeah. would be wonderful. And and I tell you something is Adam. I, I got to tell you off the record, but I guess there's a lot of people listening. Yeah. Is <laughs> the fact that you've beaten Adam up a good bit on your little personal batting? It's something he's very chagrined by. Let's just say that. <laughs> He doesn't get chagrined by much, so that, that, that's a feather in my cap, I guess. <laughs> it's true, it's true. I appreciate it, Sal, any time, and, and honestly, I love what you guys are doing. Keep up the good work. Thanks for coming on, buddy, and we'll talk real soon. Thank you. All right, that'll do it for another episode of Against All Odds with Cousin Sal, part of the Ringer Podcast Network. If you think you're eligible for our Degenerate Gamblers Hall of Fame or you just want to shoot us an email, do so. Cousin Sal against all odds at gmail.com. Watch Jimmy Kimmel Live 1135 tonight and every weeknight on ABC. That's that for the Degenerate Trifecta and R.J. Bell. I'm Sal saying so long and happy handicapping. Nah, 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 nah. Nah, 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 nah